listeners. Welcome to Grief Out Loud. Remember the last time you tried to talk about grief and suddenly everybody left the room? Grief Out Loud is opening up this often avoided conversation because grief is hard enough without having to go through it alone. We bring you a mix of personal stories, tips for supporting children, teens, and yourself, and interviews with professionals in the grief world. Platitude and cliche-free, we promise. Grief Out Loud is hosted by me, Jana DeCristofaro, and produced by the Dougie Center for Grieving Children and Families in Portland, Oregon. Hey listeners, this episode is a little different than what we usually bring you. While it's still all about grief, we're stepping back from the personal to talk some business. The business of supporting grieving children and families. You'll hear about the amazing work the New York Life Foundation is doing and has done to fund and support programs and projects around the U.S. Projects that enable programs like the Dougie Center to refine and expand their services and to do so based on the latest research in the field. Earlier this year, the Dougie Center was the recipient of a phenomenally generous million-dollar grant from the New York Life Foundation. A million dollars. This is the single largest grant we've received in our 36-year history. The grant will enable us to expand our online training opportunities, write a book to formalize our model of grief support, and provide four scholarships to our annual International Summer Institute. In other words, This grant means we're able to serve more people from around the world who want to implement our model in their own communities. Since I know just the facts about this grant and all it will mean for grieving children and families, I invited Maria Collins, Vice President of the New York Life Foundation, and Brennan Wood, our Executive Director, to join me. We'll get into what drew them both to this work, the details of the grant, and how this work has changed them professionally and personally. Maria and Brennan, thank you so much for being part of Grief Out Loud today. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Yes, thank you. And I know we're going to get into a lot of the details of of the grant and the work with children's bereavement and supporting kids and families, but I'm wondering, can we start with, would you both talk just a little bit about why is this work of supporting grieving families so important to you on a personal level? Yeah, so this is Brennan, and I just will share a little bit about why this work is so important to me. I started kind of on this journey back in 1987 when I was 12 years old, and my mom died, and my family just really didn't have the tools to navigate both her illness as well as her death. And I luckily, my dad had heard about the Dougie Center in Portland, and he took me to the Dougie Center, which really changed everything for me. Uh, I often say that the Dougie Center really changed my life, saved my life. So I went through the program, uh, the Dougie Center program, and then I went back as a teenager and volunteered and worked with other grieving kids. And that was huge for me. I think the volunteers at the Dougie Center were so critical in my journey and kind of healthy processing of my own grief that it was really awesome for me to be able to volunteer. And then I left Portland for a lot of years and I came back to Portland to work at the Dougie Center 15 years ago and really 
gained, you know, just further insight into not just the Dougie Center, but the field of childhood bereavement and the incredible impact that the field is making on, you know, hundreds of thousands of lives all across the country and around the world. And I just have this strong connection from my personal story and get to do work that is so meaningful and so impactful. Yeah, and such a, an unusual spot for an executive director to be in where have like having gone through the program as a kid, every decision that you're making for the Dougie Center can be really grounded in what's this going to mean for the families who are walking through our doors. Absolutely. And Maria, how about you? What What's your connection to this work? Hello, everyone. Um, we found that children's bereavement is a vastly overlooked issue. And New York Life has really taken steps to address that by looking at gaps. And I think personally, when I come to this, I think of myself as a parent who has two young children, as well as a person who also lost her father at 23, not in childhood, but at 23, and how it does affect how you parent. Actually, New York Life did a survey in 2017 that focused on what the experience of adults losing their parents at a young age. And I can relate to those results. One of them said 71% of people responded that losing a parent affected how they parent as an adult. And I think I take that with me every day. And I think New York, and New York Life has really enhanced how we have that conversation, how we also provide resources and access to bereavement services. And I think that is our commitment and, our, and my personal mission is to align, one, the personal aspect of losing a parent and the resources that are available. Yeah, it's such a great point that oftentimes if, you know, if a child's parent dies or a sibling dies, there's so much emphasis and focus on like, how is this going to affect them right now at nine or 10 or 12? And it sounds like really thinking broader of how is this going to affect kids as they become teenagers, as they become adults throughout their lifespan? And how can we give them the tools and the support they need early on so they have kind of that muscle memory to continue accessing support as their grief changes as they grow older. Yeah, and I would just also, you know, want to share, just hearing Maria share her personal connection to the mission and her heart for the mission. 23 is so young, and that emerging adult demographic is often overlooked. And I think that's one of the reasons why the Dougie Center does have a solid focus on that young adult age demographic, because uh, it's such a critical time. And 23 is, is so young to have a parent die. And it really bereavement and, and having a parent die affects us at any age. And I'm sure there's people who listen to the podcast who had a parent die well into their adulthood and it still is can be so impactful. So this entire field is just critical in the work that we're doing. Yeah. And I can share from being somebody who sits with the 18 to 25 year olds every other week, they do not feel fully formed as adults either, even though they're having to deal with a lot of um, high level things after a parent dies. They're like, I still feel like a kid inside sometimes. So with this specific grant for the Dougie Center, it's really focusing on formalizing 
the peer support program that we have at the Dougie Center that we've had for almost 30 years. Why do you both think it's so important to to bring that formalization to really operationalize what we do? This is Maria. For over a decade, New York Life has been engaged in building capacity and wealth and awareness for the field, ensuring that there's access for free resources. And when the Dougie Center approached us, we knew of the model, and we also knew that we had to make it sustainable. Something that has fidelity like the Dougie Center and the Dougie Center model needs to have the long-lasting effects of being there. Many bereavement centers count on the Dougie model in their own work. So ensuring that that model stays and is also accessible is important to us. So it's not just supporting the Dougie Center, but by formalizing this model, it's going to be helping people around the country and the globe to also implement similar programs. That is correct. Yeah, and I think a key word that I hear Maria using is accessibility or accessible, and that is so huge for the field where, you know, we have programs all across the country and around the world that are based on the Dougie Center model, and many of them are very small and do not have a lot of resources at their disposal. And perhaps they were trained on the Dougie Center model 20 years ago and don't necessarily know if what they're doing today is in line with the Dougie Center model or not. And in the past, any of those programs would need to access us for in-person training in order to learn the Dougie Center model. So they would do that through either bringing a Dougie Center representative to their community for training or coming to the Dougie Center for training. And both of those can be quite Um, cost prohibitive, especially for a small local nonprofit. So what's awesome about this partnership is the opportunity to really disseminate information about the Dougie Center model in new and innovative ways. So we will be uh, writing a book that really concretizes the Dougie Center model, what the Dougie Center model is, and what the theoretical framework is behind the model. As well, we are developing a website that will have a robust and rich information for lots of different demographics and folks, but will also have an online training component, as well as an exciting opportunity for scholarships New York Life has graciously offered four scholarships per year to folks from all across the country to come to in-person training at the Dougie Center during our summer institute. So this this project and partnership is really going to impact, you know, thousands and thousands of people over the course of time as folks have just more access to information about the Dougie Center model, what it is, why the Dougie Center model is what it is, and how they can implement that in their community or adapt existing frameworks to be more closely aligned with the Dougie Center model. Yeah, so all of these virtual training opportunities are really going to open the door for individuals and organizations that maybe are less economically resourced and can't, you know, they don't have the funds to pay for a plane ticket and hotel and rental car and all the things that can go into coming to an in-person training. 
Yes, and I would like to add also, bereavement centers definitely know about the Dougie Center model. But what we found, again, you know, over the decade is that organizations that are not necessarily bereavement organizations, but have added bereavement services because they found it is a need for their, their students or young adults or children, they want to learn this model to incorporate it into a larger setting. Because as you know, although the bereavement field affects everyone, most organizations are smaller and localized. They're not, there are very few national organizations. So that being said, this model helps organizations that are in the community really address their gap of bereavement services. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that, that there could be an organ, a mental health uh, community organization or a hospital or some other organization that's deciding, you know, bereavement's really important. We have to, we want to add a group, but they may not be a, like a freestanding bereavement organization. And, and Maria, a question for you. I mean, New York Life Foundation has been so involved in children's bereavement and, and they could have picked any you know, topic or issue. There's so many places and concepts that need support. What is it about this work that really aligns with New York Life's values and goals? I'm going to start from the beginning. New York Life provides peace of mind for our policy owners. During a critical time, we provide the financial resources to really help you get through it. So when childhood bereavement became a focus area, we knew that this was authentic to us. And New York Life Foundation, taking that issue, has really focused on three key areas. One, we build capacity and awareness for and of the bereavement sector. And, and this partnership with the Dougie Center clearly aligns with that. We're making sure that we're building the capacity of the Dougie Center to be there through the test of time. Two, we, we support direct service. We do that through our Grief Reach program, providing smaller grants to local organizations. So one, they can make services accessible to bereaved families. And two, that they can grow their own capacity as well, because they might be the only bereavement center in that community. And our third way is really research and evaluation partnering with institutions to look at the impact of an initiative or a model, or take research-based programming to practice. So bringing it back to the field and ensuring that they have models that they can use so they don't have to reinvent the wheel. As I stated previously, it's not about one organization, it's really about the whole field and ensuring that we are elevating it to the point where one, people are realizing that this is an issue and it's a public priority because we know that one in 14 children will lose a parent or a sibling by the age of 18. We've done work with Judy's house who came out with a child um, childhood estimation model that shows that one in 14 children will do this. Two is that we also found um, that there are gaps. There are not enough resources widely accessible to the public. And that's why an example of this is that's why we actually partnered on something called the Coalition to Support Grieving Students to ensure educators had the resources and tools to support grieving students in their classrooms and in their school community. So those are a couple of examples of how this relates to the work um, that we do in the foundation and who we are as a company. And I know, you know, for me as someone who's kind of on the ground doing bereavement groups with kids, 
you know, I access the information that New York Life has funded, you know, that Judy's House Childhood Bereavement Estimation Model. It's been so great when I go out to do a presentation or talk with communities to have an actual official number just to give people a little bit better context of what we're talking about. Because you can say, yeah, kids might have a parent die, but I might not know anyone. But to be able to say like one in 14 or go to a school and say one in 14, that's going to be two to three students in every classroom. So it really makes a difference for, you know, people like me who are just trying to help spread the word about children's bereavement and do trainings around that, um, as well as the coalition to support grieving students that anytime a school calls us and they've had a death in their community, to be able to point them in the direction of that uh, resource so that they have the tools they need to. So it is making a difference in this kind of global network way. So Marie, you mentioned the Childhood Bereavement Estimation Model and the Coalition to Support Grieving Students. Are there other New York Life projects specific to children's bereavement? We actually are the largest corporate funder in childhood bereavement. New York Life has invested over $40 million in this issue. But I don't think that gives the full story about New York Life and, and what we've committed to this field and our continued support. I think we're an active partner um, with many of our initiatives. A couple of others that I would highlight is our work with StoryCorps. That really aligns with our awareness piece, ensuring people see that this is an issue that deserves more attention. We partnered with them to actually rec record stories between the bereaved child and any one of their choice to have a candid conversation about their loved one. And we're launching a toolkit for anyone to use to actually go through that conversation. I would say it's almost like a talk of a lifetime where they're having a, a very candid conversation about this. Um, another project that we're working on and it will be launched in 2020 is a documentary with PBS um, from Penn State. We're really looking forward to that documentary coming out because it again has the opportunity to provide the space needed to talk about this issue We've also worked with Arizona State on their Family Resiliency Parenting Program, which really fits squarely with our research and evaluation. It was a model that Arizona State University um, actually tested over 15 years ago, and they followed these families. They taught them how to be resilient parents after the death of the other parent. The results are astonishing. When we found out about this, New York Life said this model needs to be disseminated out to the community. So therefore, we funded taking that model to scale, and now other bereavement organizations are able to use it. You know, after listening to you, Maria, I think the better question might have been, what isn't New York Life mm -hmm. doing to fund children's bereavement with such a wide, you know, wide variety of projects? Well, you know, I think it's more that we really look at the gaps and we try to find solutions. We work with experts that really say, this is the need of the field. Most of our grants are long-term. We wanna see things through. We wanna make sure that we're able to deliver with our partner the resources that are needed. And listeners, I know we've been throwing a lot of acronyms and terms your way. So if you are interested in finding any of these resources and projects, I will link to them in our show notes, including a link to uh, the Dougie Center SoundCloud account where you can hear some short clips of a few of those Road to Resilience StoryCorps conversations that we recorded with kids and families in our program. 
So I know we started with a little bit of how this, you know, what your draw was to this work personally, and then we talked a lot of details, and I kind of want to bring it back to that personal level again, and wondering for both of you, you've been in this field for a while, how has this work changed you? So this work has changed me in so many profound ways. I think First and foremost, somehow, you know, doing this work for the last 15 years has kind of somehow miraculously and magically traveled back in time a bit to just smooth out so many of the rough edges of my grief that I still carried with me after my mother's death. And being able to know that I'm positively impacting kids that are very much like me and have very similar stories to mine just somehow uh, makes things better. <laughs> I don't mm. quite know how to say that, but it just it just makes it better. Um, the other way this work has changed me, I think, is just really being on this side of it, seeing the deep need in our communities, our neighborhoods, our country, the world for support in times of bereavement. I think it's something that we could do so much better. We continue to do better. And I think, you know, the the work of the Dougie Center, the work of the New York Life Foundation and New York Life, the work of the National Alliance for Grieving Children and so many of the partners that Maria has mentioned, I think is really going to change the face of how people handle bereavement and how people support one another in grief and loss. And that has the power to really change things for us um, on a much larger scale. We know that kids who've experienced bereavement in childhood and don't get the support that they need have struggles that other kids don't. And when you're talking about a number like one in 14 kids, it's critical that we do this work and it's critical that powerful forces align to make this work happen. So that's one of the just awesome things about the partnership between the Dougie Center and New York Life. I think we have this incredible opportunity to really help so many kids and families through kind of that ripple effect that will happen as this work gets disseminated out into the world and people have access to this critical information. As you were talking, Brennan, I was thinking about, you were mentioning that, you know, doing this work and knowing that you are helping to smooth things out for other grieving kids and teens has helped to smooth out your story as well. And you know, we hear that sometimes from kids and teens who come to the Dougie Center and they can stay as long as they feel like it's helpful for them. And when they first come, it's all about receiving the support. And then over time, there seems to be the shift to, oh, I'm still receiving support, but a big part of coming is giving support to other kids who are going through what I'm going through. And it seems so meaningful for them to be able to transform their experience and their story into making a difference for other people. Absolutely. I think that, you know, making meaning out of what we've gone through and making meaning through service and through uh, helping others can be such a powerful healer for us as, you know, for humanity, really, right? 
And and how about for you, Maria? I mean, you are involved in so many projects that are helping people all over the world. How has this work affected you? You know, on a personal level, I'm very fortunate to work for New York Life that has taken on this issue. We have come to the table with a voice and with resources that will help, as you said, it's it's not only the children that are bereaved, but it's also society in supporting those children and adults that are bereaved and having that candid conversation of, you know what, I know that this must be difficult to, for you. How can I support you? And making sure those resources are available. And personally speaking, that makes a big difference. I'm able to really relate to people and talk to people. And some days you have bad days and having that bigger understanding of that losing a loved one does affect your work, does affect a child in school, does affect how they receive information and can put them at higher risk. When we look at ACEs, adverse childhood experiences, we know that losing a parent is one ACE and can impact their trajectory. So we do want to take the time to make sure that they are supported. And and what's next on the horizon for New York Life? I mean, as I mentioned, it seems like you're already doing so much to support different programs and projects. Is there anything that you can give us kind of a sneak preview of what's to come? Um, we're always thinking of how do we develop partnerships? How do we work together to ensure we are meeting the, the needs I think a couple of things that in the short term that we're working on very closely, I mentioned the coalition to support grieving students. And that's one of our biggest initiatives currently because we did a survey with the American Federation of Teachers and we found that 7% of teachers in, in 2012 had any amount of bereavement training, only 7%. Wow. Right, I know, it's, it's shocking. It is shocking that only 7% receive any type of bereavement training. Actually, as a social worker, my bereavement training or um, lessons in bereavement was a half a day, potentially. Oh, my gosh. Mm, Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I was going to say, you got a half day more than I did in my social work program. Right. Um, and And it was the old school bereavement. It wasn't today's, you know. Based on that information from the AFT study, we developed not only the coalition, we said just because you build a resource, how do you disseminate it? So New York Life has an extensive national workforce that is very localized. I feel like there's a New York Life agent in every community. So we developed a program called um, the Grief Sensitive Schools Initiative. We train our agents and our employees to give a short presentation about grief in schools and the resources that are available to school communities. And we just hit a milestone of 1,000 schools. Our next goal is 3,000 by 2020. And every school that agrees to be grief sensitive, and it's it's a very small ask. One, we want them to share resources about bereavement and the coalition to support grieving students because it is endorsed by their peers. Two, we want to look to make sure that they are also looking at their policies and procedures to ensure that they're grief sensitive or a little bit more grief sensitive. 
and we give them a $500 grant to support them in this. So any school that agrees to do it, has that presentation, will receive you know, a small grant to really help with their efforts. And that's our short-term goal. Our long-term goal is that to make sure that every school in the U.S. is grief sensitive. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah, what a difference that would make. <laughs> well, before we wrap up, Brennan, I just was wondering, could you give, I know we talked about the different components of the grant. Can you give like a little timeline of when listeners might enjoy the products of these of this grant? Yes. So we are busy, very busy working on all of the wonderful projects that uh, of this grant. And we are working uh, on kind of a parallel process on the website and the book and the online training. And I believe that the website will be the first to roll out and that will have, you know, incredible information for grieving folks and people wanting to support grieving folks as well as professionals. And that will um, then be followed by the book as well as then the online training. All of this is happening in the next well, gosh, uh, we'll be completed in the next 18 months to two years. So, uh, and we'll make big announcements when everything starts to come out to to f- come to fruition. One exciting component of the grant is the scholarship opportunities for folks to come and get in-person training. And I'm just really grateful and excited to say that four people attended our summer institute in July because of the generosity of New York Life. And we will be getting more information out about those folks and the impact that the training has had on them as we get a little further away from the training. We did um, some Facebook interviews with them. So if you want to look those up, those are available on our Facebook page. And it's really just, you know, something that I just want to deeply express is my gratitude to New York Life for partnering with the Dougie Center on this work. I think it will really definitely change the face of the Dougie Center model in the world and make it sustainable and accessible to so many people. And that's just really going to impact so many lives. So I'm just really grateful for New York Life and their partnership. This is Maria. Um, New York Life is really proud to partner with the Dougie Center, as well as our other partners. I think we all deal with adversity every day but learning how to do it properly with the right support is critical. And I think the resources that the Dougie Center model provides is that critical piece. And we're so thrilled that we're able to really document the model, make it accessible, and disseminate it out. Well, I want to thank you both, Brennan and Maria, for taking time out of your really busy day to, you know, share with our listeners about this work and how people are going to be able to have access to even more resources. So thank you so much. Thank you, Jenna. Yeah, thank you. It was my pleasure. 
And listeners, thank you out there for being part of our community. We couldn't do this show without you. So if you happen to know about uh, a person or a story or something that would make a really good episode, please reach out. You can reach us at help at Dougie.org. And uh, the Dougie Center and our podcast is completely community funded. So if you ever find yourself drawn to supporting this show, you can help us out by going to dougy.org forward slash grief out loud and just click the blue donate button. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you'll join us again next time. 